Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the short thing here on November 23rd as we wrap up another week of the NFL. Lots to talk about as the Cowboys are winners against the Minnesota Vikings. The NFC East, every team has three wins, and that's leading the division, so we'll talk about that. Touch a little bit on college football this weekend and a bunch of other stuff here. Warren Short, Ryan Silva, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, and the iHeartRadio podcast app as well. We'll be out on Wednesday this week with picks for the week. And since it's Wednesday, who knows? Maybe we'll sprinkle in some college basketball plays for Wednesday night and Thursday, Ryan, if you're in on that, because the season starts on Wednesday. Yeah, I probably will be out on that, but uh, <laughs> you never know. I'm surprised. Yeah, you know, I, as bad as my NFL season's going, I don't want to subject our listeners to uh, any other bad picks that I might have, because not like I'd, I know a whole lot of uh, what's going on around the college basketball scene right now. I have zero what's going on in the college basketball scene. Not a boy. Um, I th- I thought you were going to come in hot and, and uh, blame me for the uh, Patriots pick. Why the Patriots pick? Because on I said I could you you were on the Patriots this week, right? Too. Yeah. But on on Thursday I said that uh, I was on the Patriots as well, and I said I don't understand how this isn't just the easiest game of the year. Oh yeah. And then you were like, "Well, it's not on my card." It doesn't count if since you picked it. In oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I did forget. I forgot about that. That's right. So it does not count against my it record. Does. So. And that my loss goes to you. That's right. I, I, no, forget. That's, I, forgot that, that. I did not sign up for that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say the Panthers because you talked to me off a winner there. But it was all right. I, I thought you stuck with them. No, I changed to uh, the Washington game, which ended up being oh, a winner anyway. anyway. Yeah, so. But uh, I should have, yeah, I should have changed that Patriots pick and kept the Panthers since you since you went and jinxed it like you did. I was just giving information about the Panthers, trying to, as I said the other day. Um, I thought you kept it though. I thought you said you were going to keep it. Um, no, I, I switched it to uh, to Washington against better judgment, but hey, it ended up working out in the end. So we were, we were I, all good. I here. tweeted off. I tweeted off a winner on Saturday morning. I must have missed it. I, I, uh, well, I, I add, I, I did two ads. I added the over in coastal and app state and then Georgia Southern plus three and a half. Both of those were winners. But then I said, you could take off UCLA plus 13 and a half against Oregon. Cause they got the backup quarterback in. Mm. That was tough. Yeah. Um, college. I think I won 500 again. This I won five and four. Okay. I was seven and four this week. Um, I had two games canceled, San Jose so State, Fresno I. State, and then Clemson FSU. But yeah, 7-4 yeah, and four in college. That Boise State-Hawaii Hawaii game, I don't know why I just didn't take the over on principle. That was that was stupid on my part. And then Did you of take course, Boise? Yeah, I took Boise State. They, minus up like 30, they were up like 30 points, weren't they, or 27? Uh, they were up a good a good amount to where I felt good about it. Uh, but yeah, Hawaii came storming back. They Hawaii scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to cut the uh, – they're up 23 points. Boise State was, okay. and they cut the deficit down to down to eight. So yeah, that was that was brutal. I went to bet, I think at midnight, and that game on that game was like six to three when I went to bed or something. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I got to. Oh, it was six to three, but then I it was the over didn't look like it had a, a hope, and then yeah. I woke up and saw it was 40 to 32 in the morning. I was like, whoa, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, speaking of games that look like losers that turned into winners. You that, had a lot of those. I did. But on Thursday night, the Tulsa yes. Tulane yep. game. Yep. Uh, so that was actually that actually ended up being a loser for me by half a point because they didn't kick the extra point in uh, in overtime. But that was that was should have been a loser anyway, because it was what, like zero, zero, it was zero, zero going into halftime. Yeah. But I had to actually bet the over first half 28 uh, for that game. And so obviously, it, you know, obviously you got cooked. So second half, I bet the over 24 and a half and Tulsa minus two and a half and talk about backdoor cover and getting lucky there (laughs) at the end. I mean, a Hail Mary and then a pick six in overtime. So I gladly took those two winners to the bank after uh, after losing the first half. But that was that was quite all right. And I was talking about one of my buddies because he was on he's the one actually was on the uh, the the first half over to begin with. I was like, you know, what, I'll play it with you. I, I like that. And so we were texting. And uh, then I told him, you know, I hammered the the over and Tulsa minus two and a half. And so we were texting the whole time. I was like, I don't think I've ever had this happen before. Like, this is unreal. He's like, yeah, those don't happen often. So cherish it. I was like, hey, trust me. I am. I am. I'm taking these winners to the bank. 
Um, yeah, no, I had a buddy who was on Tulsa. He had a minus. So he got a push. He was happy about that. But he was complaining they didn't kick the extra point. I know. Um, but he was doing, he was just like going, I, he, that saved him a lot of what he was texting me or whatever. See, what, um, what really sucks is the game closed at but for the show, I gave it out at 54 and a half. Yeah. So that's brutal. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's one of those guys that lives in uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They got like those free money promo bets on FanDuel. Like this week yeah. they had Tennessee plus 44 and a half. The other week before that they had Vandy plus 72 where you bet 50. It's just like free money. Yeah, just free rolls. Yeah. Um, and then he, t- I was, he texted me on Saturday morning. He said he was looking at a two and 11 slate <laughs> for Yikes. He had 13 plays in the 11 o'clock hour right there. He had 11 and he went like two and nine. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Tell him to listen to the show. I'd, I'll, I'll give him. He, some does. Oh. he does listen. Was he tailing I, your him, I, was like, I was like, dude, Saturday's a long day. You don't need to bet 13 games right off the jump. Yeah. Um, uh, and then he goes, I'm taking the NFL. Uh, I'm taking a, a little bit slower the rest of the day. I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, whatever uh, does there. All right. So that's a little. I don't even know how I. How do you do in the NFL? Were you what? One and four, two and three, I assume. I was one and four. I've won over the last four weeks. I've won exactly four games. <laughs> I don't think I'm far behind. I think I went one and four. I have to go back and listen. I can't find where I, I mean, was. I was I was I was looking at Twitter. I was looking at gambling Twitter and they said it was a tough day for both the public and for the sharps. Like everyone had rough days. So uh, I'm going to include myself in that group of the sharps that had a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I uh, I think I went one and four. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. One, I like I said, one and four, one and four, one, three and one and one and four the last four weeks. The thing is, I don't know if I have the Chargers. I can't remember the fourth game I picked. Uh, I know. I'm did, one you of, don't write these down. I did write them down, but I can't find it. Oh, um, it's not on my notepad. That I think I you did take I, I'm pretty sure you did take the Chargers because I remember you taking them and me thinking to myself, I will never take a Chargers game for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, yeah, one and four. The only one I had was the Titans that won. Um, and that looked like the loser um, in the bunch. Yeah. Well, Chargers were looking good the whole way. And then Anthony Lynn just does this. He's a bad coach. Yeah, he's probably. Yeah, he's he's got to be gone after this. Got to be gone. Got to be gone. Uh, he's a bad. He's a bad, bad coach. But all right, we'll get into the NFL here. Oh, uh, while it's on my mind, I don't forget. Has Jamie heard before? We get in, has have has Jamie watched uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Um, I'm not sure. I I don't think so. I know she's a Real Housewives of New York uh, fan, and one other one. Um, there's two of them that she watches religiously, and it's uh, I watch them with her. But I can't. Remember. It's New York. Which which one's the one with the Countess? I don't know. Okay, that's the one she watches, and then she watches one of oh, and then the one of with Cal uh whatever's out in California, Real Housewives of Orange County or whatever Orange the one County with or Beverly Hills or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the whichever whatever. one with uh D- Denise Richards, that's the one that she watches okay. as well. Uh, you might need to mix in uh Salt Lake City into the ro- into the rotation. You know what's funny is you say that because uh somebody on Twitter was like saying something about how they just want Real Housewives of Salt Lake City like on all the time. And I was like, how, how like crazy could Salt Lake City really trust me? Wild. It, the, I've only, I think there's only two episodes out and I just watched Mm -hmm. the first one yesterday. It is pretty crazy. Oh, all right. Might have to, yeah, might have to check in on that then. Yeah. It is, it is. There's some Mormons in there. Yeah. Um, non Mormons and just, I mean, it is shocking. Uh, yeah, you'll have to check it out. Okay, yeah, uh, we'll put that. We'll put that on the uh, on the must watch list. Yeah, over uh, the Thanksgiving break or something. Yep. Yeah, you got to check that out. All right, to the NFL. The Cowboys victorious, thirty-one to twenty-eight against the Minnesota Vikings. Brian, we we really read the Andy Dalton situation well. Well, last yeah, week. no kidding. <laughs> that was my first thought. Was like, oh. This is why he's starting. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, we look like a couple. You go back and listen to Thursday's show. We look like a couple of dum-dums. Like, what? we couldn't have, have missed bigger. 
No, but did anyone out there see Andy Dalton throwing for three touchdowns and 200 yards and like looking like after what you had already seen out there? Right. In the previous game, like two games that he played, he didn't lead a touchdown drive or he led one in the fourth quarter. Like, how are you going to expect him to do that? I, I don't. That's the thing. Like, yeah, we look like a bunch of dumb dumbs if we miss big, but going by the data in front of us, we were just going by what was out there. You're, yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong there. I mean, also Zeke adding, you know, his big day of 103 yards, yeah, uh, you know, is is a big part of it too. No, he Dalton looked good. Uh, I don't know if maybe the uh, the Vikings defense is just not very good at all because I thought they were pretty decent, um, but uh, you know they still got lit up by by Thielen and and Justin Jefferson. But uh, yeah, it just it was like I said, we could not have been more wrong and swung and missed bigger there. But again, that's that's obviously why Mike McCarthy was sticking with Andy Dalton. I mean, obviously he was seeing things that we weren't, and uh, uh, I don't know, you know, shout out to him because it was obviously, excuse me, it was obviously the right decision. Well, I think the biggest situation or the biggest thing that they didn't announce until Saturday, I think, or Friday after he already recorded on Thursday, was that Zach Martin was going to right tackle. And they've kind of reshuffled the offensive line a little bit. Connor McGovern went to right guard. And I think one of the problems was, was Terrence Steele was just so bad on the edges that anybody was beating him. And there right. was just no time for, like Dalton needed to process the reads. He wasn't throwing it, getting out quickly. And, and when Terrence Steele was getting beat like a drum, he had no time to throw. And that's why he looked bad. Now Cam Irving at left tackle was fine. They got Zach Martin, the best lineman playing tackle. Like he solidified at least one of the edges to make Dalton feel a little more comfortable. And I think the offensive line play, at least pass blocking. I mean, he, Dalton only got sacked one time yesterday was had a big, big effect in how he looked there. It seemed like he was more composed. He didn't, he wasn't rushing a lot of throws. He got hit. I could go look to see how many pressures he had, but it, it looked like it just looked like the offensive line was in a much better rhythm coming off the bye week than it was, uh, in previous games. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it absolutely was, um, you know, obviously, you know, CD lamb has that, that amazing touchdown catch where he kind of does a one eighty, reaches oh. back while he's diving. And so, you know, it took a couple big plays like that, but two, I mean, uh, these wide receivers for, for, uh, the Cowboys were, were wide open quite a bit. I mean, we obviously see the, obviously see the, uh, Dalton Schultz touchdown where there's nobody within a five yard radius of him. So, I mean, I, I one thing that was mentioned too was obviously how Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer faced each other a ton of times last few years because they were in the same division. And so Mike McCarthy might know the secrets and the, the things to scheme up uh, against his defense. And, you know, so it kind of gave him a, an upper hand, but at the same time too, you would think that, I mean, obviously I know this is more so of Kellen Moore's offense and the way he runs. So Mike Zimmer might have a, a you know, kind of a, an idea. McCarthy likes to run, but you know, you don't really know what fully to expect because Kellen Moore has so much say in the offense as well. But it just it was it was crazy. I mean, this was this is the Cowboys team that everyone expected, you know, week one, two, and three. And uh with with Dak, and I don't think anybody expected I know nobody expected this with Andy Dalton, but it was just crazy to me how wide open everybody was. And like I said, De Zeke looked looked pretty good running the ball as well. I mean, I know he only averaged, you know, about four point nine yards. That's that's pretty good average for run. But uh Well for him this year, that's great. Right. That's what I mean. And so uh, you know, when you're able to to get the dual attack going yeah, you're going to be pretty successful. And it was, uh, it was, it was quite a sight to see. The Vikings secondary is not very good. I think they're without two or three starters. They're starting two rookies on the outside who Cam Dantzler is one of them. And I can't, what's the other guy's name? Um, I think Jones is the last name. Uh, Johnson, Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. Right? Yeah. Johnson. I think, um, I think those, I think Dantzler is going to be pretty good. He's a Mississippi state guy. And then Johnson, um, no, Johnson's not that. He's a defensive tackle. Whoops. Uh, um, but they got another one that I can't remember his name. But I think, oh, uh, Gladney from uh, TCU. Um, so they're just trial by error, and they're right in the fire. So that's why I think they're – that's like the Trayvon Diggs thing of they're going to make mistakes, and you're going to have to cover up for them. Um, I was surprised. A um, couple things. So you brought up the – the uh, CD lamb catch. That was great. I was surprised how, or what were your thoughts on McCarthy at the end of the first half settling for the field goal? 
Uh, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, we, we've talked numerous times it's either, you know, do you, do you risk it for the biscuit or do you just try to get points on the board? You know, it's not obviously not the same situation we've seen numerous times where it's towards the end of the game. But I, I mean, I think a lot of times coaches are fine with just taking the points and, and riding it into overtime or excuse me, riding it into the into the second half. So, I mean, I didn't hate it. It was fine. Um, you know, like I said, at that point, uh, well, I forget what the score was at that point. It was, it was uh, 13 to 7 and they 13 to 7. Yeah, they kicked to 7. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, like I said, I don't think that was really a big factor here nor there. Obviously, once the Vikings pull ahead um, because they were, you know, they get the touchdown and, and convert the extra points. Um, then I think that's when it really became a, a, an issue. But at the at that time, I was like, yeah, you know, take the points and go into halftime. Yeah, it's also like five seconds is that. I think if it was like six. You could, yeah, if it's you like six or seven. Yeah, you can do it. I think the five second is depending on because it's also too. It's not. It's when the ball hits the ground. So say something gets like batted up or whatever, tipped, and the ball hits the ground at zero seconds. I think it was a more of a. He was in that no man's land of five seconds or. or I think yeah. I think you definitely guarantee yourself going up two scores at that point. So you know, like I said, I don't hate it. Yeah, and the defense for the Cowboys played pretty well in the first half. Um, they only let up seven points. They did struggle a little bit in the, in the second half. They let up three touchdown drives in a row. Um, but they, they, we said it against as the, as the Steelers game, they just look like they're playing with more confidence, I guess, or they're playing with more fire passion. Maybe the Mike Nolan scheme, they're finally getting used to it without the off seasons they had. Now we're, we're 10 games into the season and they're just more comfortable in it, but they look like they're playing better. Uh, Jordan, um, or, uh, Donovan, uh, Wilson, the safety yesterday played a great game with that strip sack of, uh, uh, Kirk cousins that he had. And he made, he had an, he also forced the Dalvin cook fumble. Uh, he played great. It's probably the best game they've had for a safety in a while, but the defense looks like it's starting to come together. They're, they're playing good in spurts. Like the first quarter, the first half was good. The second half, they did just enough to, uh, hold on to the win, and part of that was because on the final drive, Justin Jefferson dropped what would be a sure first down, and then they couldn't get it on third or fourth down. Yeah, that that drop was huge. I mean, you saw he uh, they even said it on the broadcast where he was just assuming that ball was getting pulled in and was take took his eye off looking where he was going before he had the ball, and uh, yeah, that for sure would have been a first down. They probably clock it after there, and then you know are able to to keep the ball moving down the field. But yeah, let's let's give uh let's give that safety what uh, what was his name again? Uh, you mentioned. Uh, Cedric Donovan Douglas. Wilson. Donovan Wilson. Um, let's give him credit for that strip sack fumble. He that wasn't a strip sack. He just went up to Kirk Cousins. He and just took, took it away. Him. He took his lunch right from him. He said, "This ball is mine. I'm going to take it, and there's nothing you can do about it." And uh, that was that was a great play. Uh, like you said, for sure, definitely got the juices flowing for that defense. That obviously they need a spark for something like that. You know, something like that uh, to to little add a little spark and some confidence to them. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good game. They obviously couldn't corral Dalvin cook the way they like, but nobody really has been able to this season. Uh, you know, he was still, he still had a great game and I thought that was going to be their bread and butter. I thought the running game was going to be what kind of ate up the Cowboys this week for the Vikings. And, uh, that, that, that wasn't the case, you know, like I say, he still had a decent game, 115 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is something you got to hang your hat on. Hopefully they can kind of, well, I mean, not hopefully for me, but hopefully for them, uh, they, you know, can kind of harness this and, uh, and keep it moving, you know, with this division completely, uh, up for grabs still. Yeah. And I was surprised Minnesota didn't get it to Jefferson more. Like he only had five targets yesterday. Yeah. And I guess it's the thing of like alternating weeks with like he had the big week against Chicago. So then Thielen had the big week this week. I don't I mean, he had 86 yards, so he had a big. It just seemed like they could have maybe forced it to him a little more. Maybe that was the Cowboys defensive backs playing well. I think Anthony Brown had a couple uh, nice plays, but it is. It is just amazing how one win. I mean, the Vikings have to be killing themselves like they they win yesterday. They think they're going to have an easy win. Not an easy win, but a win that they should you're, go, you're going that they should have won. And then they're going to get to five and five. And I think that would have tied them with the that would have tied them with the Bears for sure. And then at five and five in the NFC, that puts them right in the playoff mix because Arizona's six and four. So you're a game back. And they had that started the first of three games at home against like teams that you're like, all right, this. They got the Cowboys, Panthers and Jags in a row. And you're thinking, all right, we could probably win. Those are three winnable games. They're all at home. 
and then they just lay lay an egg at the beginning. I I don't know. I just like. Did you think the Vikings? As that game's going on, it didn't seem like I thought the Vikings played pretty decently. They had a couple turnovers. They got lucky in the first uh, quarter recovering that punt return, but like it didn't seem like they were playing all that bad. No, not playing Other all that bad. Right, the turnovers obviously hurt quite a bit, um, but it was it wasn't that they're playing bad, but just more so playing like slow. You know, what I mean, like yeah. I never felt like there was a rhythm to to their offense or the way they were moving the ball. Um, and not saying that they're a high speed offense, but they just it just like I said, there just didn't seem to be any rhythm to what they were doing. And uh, a lot of times for an offense, that's what you need, and it's tough to do sometimes with the Kirk Cousins led offense where he is very methodical and kind of works through his reads and you know is very slow, snaps the ball with two or one seconds left on the on the play clock so it just didn't feel like like they got anything going ever if that makes sense you know i mean it's just it was very slow developing they'd hit a couple big plays then go back to you know run the ball run the ball then pass so it's like i said it just it just never seemed like it was really going even though they were uh they like i said it wasn't it wasn't bad other than the turnovers yeah but then the cowboys went down and marched on the field and got a great play to dalton schultz to win the game and they they won it that's why it's just i'm like that was that's obviously that was the best performance of the season for the Cowboys um, since the Dak injury, and it sets them up. As I said, we could go. Did you have anything else in the game? Uh, just that little uh, the little trickery on the uh, the two point conversion. I like that. Yo, yeah, the option. Yeah, yeah, the triple option. That was nice. Um, yeah, it was. That was. I'll give you like McCarthy. He's done trickery this year. A lot. like he did it a lot in the Eagles game, but like. I think McCarthy is he's showing his coaching chops these last couple of weeks against the Steelers and this week, like the players are buying in on what he's doing because they've played harder and they've looked better. The one thing I will say that they didn't do a lot yesterday, uh, I don't think they did it at all. And if they did, I missed it, which I think they need to continue to get away from and stop doing is, you know, putting the wide receiver in motion where he goes behind the quarterback and shotgun. And they have those swing passes where the ball's like six or seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. And then you got to run six or seven yards just to get back to, you know, the line of scrimmage and then anything after that. So they didn't do a whole lot of that yesterday, like I said, if at all. And I don't know what the point is of those plays, but I just I think they're ridiculous every single time. Like I said, there are these swing passes that are that are good, you know, six, seven, eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. So and it's not setting up any trickeration. It's just I don't know if they're trying to catch the uh, the defense off guard. But either way, you know, you have to have a decent gain just to get back to the line of scrimmage. And that usually would set them back, you know, another three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage. So you're looking at a second and 13 or, you know, a third and 10 after it was just third and seven, whatever. So uh, they got they got away from that. And I think that's going to help the offense quite a bit. Stop trying to move so much side to side and start moving vertically a lot, lot more. Because that's what I think. I mean, I think that's what this team is set up for between Zeke. He's a north south runner. Uh, and then obviously the the three wide receivers, mostly Amari and, and CD, they're going to be, you know, get the ball in their hands and let them go. Uh, so it's not moving side to side so much. And I think that that was a big boost to their offense uh, this week. I, I think part of that, too, is so I saw they did a play yesterday. They did it with CD, but they just they didn't throw it to him there. Part of that, too, is the motion. So you get the you figure out the guy who's right. You see what? Them. Yeah, right. You see what's like. It's a decoy of see see where the guy is. So it's easier to dissect what the defense is in that. That's why I think they run that play, because. You, you run it once, okay, it's fine. Then you run it maybe once or twice again as a decoy to get that guy out of the play. And But a lot of times they weren't up. running it as a decoy. It, the ball would go to whoever was in motion a lot of the time. Because I understand that, you know, you want to see if they're yeah. in zone, you want to see if they're in man, you want to see which corner shifts over to, you know, maybe cover him. So, I you know, that 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 doesn't get lost on me. But a lot of times that, that was the play that was made was throw to the guy that's swinging around. It's just, like I said, it would set them back so many times. It was It was very frustrating. Yeah, I know. I must have missed it when they did it earlier, but I know one play late in the third or fourth quarter they did it, and it was a, it was like a, they just did it as a CD was doing it, and it was a decoy. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I, I think that McCarthy though he's got to get some credit for how he's coaching the team right now. Everyone's like quick to throw stones at him early on, but I mean he's got, he's turned the corner. Something, something's working. Um, I know the bar is pretty low with the division and everything, but it's, um, he's got them playing hard and that's what you got to hope. Cause they weren't playing hard earlier in the season. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but so as with the win now, every team in the NFC East, as we said earlier, has three wins. 
The Eagles lead the division. If the season ended today, though, Dallas would be 15 out of 16 teams in the in the NFC, which is pretty uh, pretty funny to me that you're tied for the division and wins, not the lead. But then you're well, same thing with the Giants and Washington. They're they're tied with the Falcons for the worst record in the NFC, um, and they got a chance to make a playoff. And a, I mean, a huge game this week against Washington on Thanksgiving. They go. Winner goes to first place in the uh, in the division for the time being. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. But the division is just the Giants were off this week. The Eagles, I, I'm okay. I'm I don't think the Eagles are going to win the division. I'm I'm after watching Carson Wentz yesterday. I know it was a driving rainstorm, but he's so bad. He is so so bad. I I I I don't know who's going to win the division, but I will get off. The Eagles are going to win the division train. I'm getting yeah, it, it's it's probably a good time too. You're probably a little late. You missed a couple stops, but uh, I you did, know, but better just... better late than never. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know you got to you got to make sure you know what you see for sure. Um, but yeah, no, the Eagles, like I said, Carson. It boils down to Carson Wentz, and it's 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 just baffling how quickly it's it's spiraled out of control. Like I, I don't know what the big change was. I mean, there hasn't really been one. Their offensive line isn't great, but. Uh, uh, you know, just his performance, if you just single him out, is really where it's like it's it's so baffling of, of how poorly he's been playing. Um, and, you know, I've been on the Giants train this whole time. But if the Cowboys keep playing this well, they got the easiest remaining schedule left in the NFL. You know, who knows? They might back into something here with six wins or something like that. Uh, but I still think that uh, I'm still sticking with my original pick and thinking the Giants have this division uh, not locked up. But I think it's it's theirs to lose right now. Yeah. Well, with the Eagles, too, yesterday, Jason Peters, he sucks. He, like, he's like 117 years old. He had he gave up seven pressures and three sacks yesterday. Olivier Vernon had three sacks yesterday. Olivier Vernon was doing absolutely nothing for the Browns this year. And he looked like Miles Garrett. Honestly, I think the. The Eagles should be like thanking the lucky stars that that uh, Miles Garrett got the Rona, because he might have had about eight sacks yesterday. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I, I I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I did watch a little bit of it. Um, my only takeaway was Nick Chubb looked badass with uh, just the the no sleeves and the taped fingers. He looked like an old school guy. That was really my only takeaway from the game. And then other also that uh, Carson Wentz looked looked uh, like trash. Did you see the? Uh, Tiff Army had. Uh, you mean the you mean the bitch slap? <laughs> that's what that was. That was not, that was not just a stiff arm. He just bitch slapped that defender right off of him. That was unbelievable. Yeah, the fact that it, just with one arm you can make a grown man look like that. You know, not only just a grown man, but another grown man in the NFL, and you just shove him off with one hand like that is just. Anytime you see a big time stiff arm, it, that's what I always think is like that was a grown ass man you just did that to. That guy weighed two hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. Like the Josh Norman one is amazing, but like Derrick Henry is bigger than Josh Norman. Right. Like he's what's Derrick Henry like six three, two forty or yeah, something, two twenty. Like Josh like Norman is what six foot two hundred pounds soaking wet. Right. Like this this guy was two hundred and thirty five pounds and Chubb just launched him. Mm-hmm. And Chubb really didn't have a the numbers will say he had a good game yesterday. But they the Browns running offense yesterday wasn't great minus a couple big a couple big runs mm-hmm. um but uh so you're going with the giants yeah i'm still i'm sticking with my original pick i'll you know i don't want to um uh jump off that bandwagon just yet but i why do aren't think you, why aren't you back in your squad washington just because I don't like week in and week out, I just don't know what I'm getting from them. So, uh, and plus, their schedule isn't too favorable coming out. Uh, after this week, obviously, we have uh, Dallas, but then we play Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, the next three. So, the only one that we could possibly come away with is probably is maybe San Francisco. And then we finish up with Carolina, Philadelphia. So, depending on what Carolina looks like at that point, if it's still uh, PJ Walker, Texas Ranger, or, or if it's back to Teddy B, you know, we'll see. But uh, just because the way our schedule is is lining up, I don't think it's uh, it's uh, going to be you know working in our favor. I think I might have to go with the Cowboys. Looking at the Giants' schedule, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I I don't, I don't you know, I, I get that too. Like the Giants have the Bengals this week, so you got to think that's a win without Burrow. Um, and then the Seahawks, they got the Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. 
other than the Bengals game, how many wins they're home against the Cardinals and Browns. Honestly, I could see them beating the Browns just because the Browns would be in the playoff, whatever. But don't be um, surprised if they beat the Cardinals. I'm just saying, don't be surprised. That defense is good enough. That's a noon. That's also a noon Arizona flying across country to the noon ding, the to a noon kick. Um, so that could be an issue. But I mean, it's hard to see. Shoot, maybe they beat the Ravens. The Ravens. I was are, just about to say. The I was Ravens just about are, to say. are the Ravens are in turmoil big time. I think you know what the Ravens are. The Ravens are a bunch of front runners, and they don't know what 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 happens when they get punched in the mouth. And they're a bunch mm. of front runners, and we're finding that out right now. And they are in trouble. They are in big time trouble. Lamar Jackson's in the. Did you see what he said post game saying that? It seems like everybody just wants us to lose. Like and like Harbaugh just like trying to pick a fight with Malcolm. These guys are a bunch of front runners and they are getting hit in the mouth right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. It hasn't been so far. Uh. Like, yeah. No. But uh, yeah. They. I mean. I. No. No disrespect to to the Browns. Um. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if after they play Cincinnati this week. Uh. You know. If if uh, Ryan Finley is still a quarterback, you got to assume that that's going to be a win. Uh. Seattle, you can chalk up as a loss for the Giants, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finish up on either a three or four game winning streak uh, there at the end of the season. Cause I mean, you can't, you know, I'm not going to count the Cowboys game as a, as a loss or a win one way or the other just yet, but I would not be shocked if they finish this season, you know, with six or seven wins. Yeah. I mean, what's it going to take to win the division six wins? Yeah, probably. That's the thing. I mean, it still is the, like who have the giants beat this year. They beat the Eagles in the in Washington. Yeah. So they haven't, they haven't beaten a team out of the NFC East yet. That's another thing. Like the first, so the first, yep, Washington's the first team in the NFC East to beat a team in the AFC North this year. Yeah. Like, and I think the the Eagles. Most of these wins have been against inner, like inner division games. Like the Cowboys, obviously, when they attack, they beat the Falcons, but then they. They had the uh, they beat the Giants and then they had the other win uh, yesterday against Minnesota. Before that, they only had like all these teams are beating up on each other and then they're getting just smacked around. Well, I mean, the against... Eagles, the Eagles beat San Francisco. No, yeah, uh, yeah no, no, I know. that, But I'm saying but most of the wins are all against each other. Right. Because the Eagles only two other wins are against the Cowboys and the Giants. Right. And Washington, what are their wins against the Bengals, the Cowboys and the Eagles? Yeah. So they're pretty much beaten. Two thirds of their wins are against teams in the division. So we have a sample size of how they do when they go out of the division, and it is not like it's not good. Yeah, whoever wins the division, they're going to need somebody else from the NFC East to win the wild card. <laughs> Which I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, probably not. But uh, yeah, the Giants are three and two in the division, and they're uh, and they're they're. Um, three and six in the conference. Like all these, all the teams have, yeah, they just beat up on them. It's just like a round robin of one beats one each week. So whoever can like sweep a division opponent, I think has like the upper hand. Well, see, that's the thing though. So the giants have already swept Washington. Washington has the, uh, excuse me, the ability to sweep Dallas, Dallas this week. And so like, they're all like, everyone's kind of sweeping just the other team. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, the the Giants and Eagles split, and then the Cowboy the Eagles already beat the Cowboys, and then they have them at the second last game of the year. So there's a possibility for a sweep. Um, I don't think the Cowboys have the ability to sweep anybody. No. Um, so nobody so, can sweep two teams. That's the whole thing. Right. We've just figured out. So it's it really is just a mess. Yeah, just a whole lot of uh, <laughs> yeah ancestral just beating each other. Do you think that if Burrow gets doesn't get hurt through the does Washington still win? I don't know. Because, I mean, the offense didn't look great. I thought T. Higgins was going to have a day, uh, and he ha wasn't up to that point. Um, so it's tough to say because that offensive line is terrible for for Cincinnati. And so I felt bad, bad for, for Joe Burrow. I mean, the fact that he even got up after that hit he took from Chase Young was was remarkable. I mean, he got rocked by Chase Young, and he fumbled the ball. Uh, Washington recovers. But, uh, I, you know, it, it's tough to see Joe Burrow, and I know it didn't have a lot to do with it, but, I mean, this is like the third or fourth quarterback to go out with a major leg injury in Washington in the last two years. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Alex Smith one three years ago. We have Kyle Allen snap his ankle this year. Joe Burrow break, breaks his leg on this field, or excuse me, his ACL on this field. I know it doesn't have a lot to do with it, 
But it, we've been talking about how bad that plane surface is, and that hit was ugly, uh, and that knee injury looked ugly. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that uh, that Washington for sure loses if Joe Burrow stays. And I think, I think they still come away with the victory. It definitely well, deflated, definitely deflated the, the Bengals uh, team yeah. after it happened. So you know, you got to count that for for a little bit of something. Because they were winning, what? But wasn't it like ten to nine or so? What was? Yeah, that? yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was very close. Uh, yeah, it was ten to nine because Washington went down and scored soon after that to make it seventeen nine. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I, I I was just curious what. Um. I will say in that game I had Antonio Gibson over yeah. ninety three rushing yards at plus uh four sixty five, mm. and I saw he was at a hundred yards and I was like all right just well I saw he had like a couple bigger ones he was like eighty six I'm like keep feeding him and then he got to a hundred. And I was like, all right, this should be good. Then I checked back and he must have lost six <laughs> yards on a run because he went lost ninety four. And yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and then I was like, please don't give him the ball ever again. And we, we got away with the winner there. But uh, uh, I had a little panic attack when I saw he lost like six yards on a run. I was like, why are you why are you running a toss player? So what is he doing? Just yeah. go down. Just go down. Um, no, he's been he's been great for Washington as of late. Um, he's he's gone like on a three or four game scoring streak where he's getting in the end zone. I know your fantasy team is loving that. I know my fantasy teams are loving that. Uh, except the, this one, except this one. The, this is the only league I don't have him in. <laughs> and, uh, obviously we played each other this week. And so you got the upper hand there, but, uh, yeah, no, he's been great. Well, I love Antonio Gibson. I think he's just going to get better and better. Cause you know, he was a wide receiver in college for the most part. And so, uh, yeah. no, I'm really excited for him, but, uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was a good game while we're on the, while we're on the, uh, the, uh, topic of, of kind of fantasy football and as well as, uh, 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 prop bets that we had. I had a couple uh, of tough luckers this week. So I had Taysom Hill under 26 and a half throwing attempts. I thought there was no way he was going to throw <laughs> 27 or more passes. Like there was no chance in hell. Uh, so uh, that hit, he's, he was right at 20. He was at 23 with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I was like, just run the ball. You guys are up by a thousand points. Just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And thankfully that's exactly what they did. I think they threw the ball one more time. Um, uh, to, to take him to, I think he was at 22 and they threw the ball like one more time to take him to 23. And I was like, all right, just, just leave it there. You know, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Thankfully that's what they did. And uh, your boy was able to cash that. But the reason I bring up fantasy is there's a big dude to do because I'm in three ESPN leagues and he's available at tight end yeah, uh, yeah. in, in ESPN leagues. And so all three leagues, I picked him up and put him in my uh, one, one, I put two of them. I put him in my tight end slot. One, I put him in my flex spot. Cause I had Darren Waller and I didn't want to move him out. <laughs> and so needless to say, I went three and zero in all my ESPN uh, leagues. Cause he scored 27 points. I was looking up in Yahoo. If you could do that. Cause I was going to pick him up, but they yeah. only have him as a quarterback, which I think is the correct move for sure. For sure. Um, I understand, I guess why they play him a tight end. What ESPN I think should have done is they said he's a tight end every week. He's not a starting quarterback. So if you want to take that risk, Go ahead. Well, so, so here's the thing. So they actually addressed that on fantasy football now because it wasn't announced until Friday that uh, he was going to be the starter. And, the, you know, the, the Matthew Barry was like, look, this gets announced Friday and we already played the Thursday night game. So technically we're in the middle of week 11. And so we can't just change his, uh, you know, designation midweek. He said, now maybe come Monday or Tuesday after we take a look at it, maybe we change it, but we just, we couldn't do it at that point. And I was like, look, I think that's fair. You know what I mean? Cause he, he's right. You know, games already start. People already have their, their lineup set for the most part. And so I think going forward, he probably will be just a quarterback, but it was nice to sneak away this one uh, yeah. the, for the one time in, uh, in, uh, you know, for this week. Yeah. All right. Elsewhere around the NFL, we had a couple great games yesterday. Um, Indianapolis and Green Bay was fantastic finish. I don't yep. understand what Indianapolis was doing though at the end of the game when they were like throwing the ball. Yeah. When they could have just ran down the clock to like 30 seconds left, but Rodgers gets it in overtime and then they fumble it away. The Chiefs Raiders game was fantastic. Uh, Derek Carr going toe to toe with Pat Mahomes and. Look, I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Derek Carr didn't look too bad. Did no, look he looked bad. really good. His QBR I saw this week was 95. He had a higher QBR than Mahomes. I don't know how that was possible, but Carr was fantastic. He was flinging all over the place. 
Yeah, I mean, the only knock on him is he did have that interception, and I'm not sure Ellinger would have done the same thing. But you know, he did have <laughs> he did have the three touchdown passes, so he was spreading it. He was spreading it around quite a bit. I mean, I think he they said he what completed like ten different wide receivers. Yeah, I think I think so. I could pull it up. Um, but yeah, he was Waller had a big eleven game. eleven different wide receivers. Okay, yeah, and then Mahomes. I mean, you just knew he was gonna march down the field and score a touchdown. I mean, it, but it was so easy for him to do so it. Like, he, like you didn't even realize for a sec, like, oh yeah, they were like, they were just in their two minute offense and were trying to, you know, push the ball down the field. Like, I don't know how, if there's anybody on that field that you don't let that get that wide open. It's Travis Kelsey. Like I might even prefer letting Tyreek Hill run by me just to make sure that Travis Kelsey isn't catching the ball underneath or something like that. But it was just, it was so easy for him to, for them to score that touchdown. It was unreal. And Kelsey and Hill were like right next to each other. Yeah. So it was like, which the guy was trying to figure out who he was going to guard. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that was just hot knives. I, I think the Ra- the Raiders are six and four, but I think the Raiders are good. I think they are too. They play like physical football. They, they've, they've, they, if you want to do this, they've outscored the two times they played the Chiefs, they'd outscored them uh, over both games and they like went toe to toe with them. Who do they, who have they lost to that? Um, yeah, they lost to the Patriots on the road. They lost to the Bills at home and the Bucks. So they're the probably the Patriots on the road, but that was after I think they played like that was when the Sunday Patriots night. were good though. Huh? That was when the Patriots were good. That is true. And then there was the cross country trip, like they had to go all the way. And I think they played like a Sunday night game against the Saints or something. It was travel. Um, but they've lost like their quality of losses are pretty pretty good of of um that I think they're pretty good, and their schedule is Falcons, Jets. I mean, they got Colts. They got some easy. I shouldn't say Colts, but Chargers. They got some easy, easy games there. And then Tua got benched yesterday, which is an interesting move. But I credit Brian Flores. Like he doesn't care about your feelings. He's going for the playoffs no matter what. Yeah. Um. And then we talked about the Ravens, uh, and the Titan, uh, the Ravens being weak, and uh, anything else that caught your. I'm really excited about the game tonight, Tampa and the Rams. I think that should be a really good one. Yeah, it should be a good game. People are probably going to think high scoring. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of defensive battles here. Yeah. Um, but uh, the one thing that I want, I think I got to give the Colts a little more credit. I didn't think they were a very good team. I think now that they are, you know, better than expected. Um, and I think a lot of people were saying whoever loses this game, you know, you can probably tell who's the uh, who's the fraud or who's the who's not as good as what their record shows. And I think that that was the opposite. I think you saw two good teams go head to head and it just came down to one mistake for the Packers uh, there in overtime. But I think both these teams are good, you know, sitting at seven and three, their records are good. And I think these are both really good teams. So that was one of my takeaways from there. And then I don't know what the hell is going on in Foxborough. I thought there was no way that, um, uh, that the, the Patriots were good. We're going to lose to the Texans. I mean, that was a tough look, but uh you know, so they got to figure some shit out out there. But that was that was really my only my only takeaways. We'll see who do, who do the Saints play next week. Do you know uh, the, the Saints? I do not, but I have. They play. Oh, they play Denver. Oh, that was, yeah, Denver losing to Miami. That was wild. I mean, I don't. I still, or beating me, Miami. Yeah, win, yeah, beating Miami. Uh, I mean, Drew Locke, He goes eighteen of thirty with an interception. You know, Melvin Gordon has a big day on the ground, and that's why they win. But I that was shocking. But uh, to see how the Saints keep rolling with Taysom because he's got to be the quarterback for at least the next three weeks. I would assume there's no reason why they'd bring in Jameis now. Uh, but uh, it looked like he he got back. It looked like Taysom Hill picked up where Drew Brees left off with Michael Thomas, where he just throw the ball to him, you know, throw him a little slant, and let him run after he catches the ball. Nine of his uh, nine of Taysom Hill's 18 completions were all the, uh, to Mike Thomas. Um, I didn't realize how many ribs do you have? How can you crack 11 ribs? So you have 12. Okay, Our, so he uh, has one fresh rib. Yeah, we're sitting we're sitting here watching it, and uh, they said he had cracked eleven ribs. And Jamie was like, "You only have 12. I was like, "Oh, I was just about to Google that." So I'm glad you. She, you know, she's our uh, yeah, our in house our in house biologist because of her uh, medical back background. So uh, I'm glad she was there for the answer right away. But yeah, so he yeah, has one good rib. That's insane, and he had a punctured lung. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, just crazy. I was like, 11 ribs. I was like, how many did he? How many and I've heard he just like one fracture rib is like a pain in the ass. I can't imagine yeah. 11. I'm like, you can't cough. You can't sneeze. You can't breathe too. I mean, I guess with a punctured lung, that probably is tough to do anyway. But yeah. uh, I can't imagine that happening at 40. 
you know, that's, that's gotta be brutal. I didn't think you could fracture your floating ribs, you know, your two bottom ones, but apparently you can. Yeah, he did it. Um, yeah, just, uh, amazing. But I thought it was a high quality weekend of NFL football. I'll say that I thought it was a lot of entertaining, uh, entertaining games. Oh yeah. Then let's shout out PJ Walker for just putting one yes. on the, uh, putting one on the lions. Yeah. Boy, Patricia, he's got to get fired. He is trash as well. Just go back to just go back to Cleveland or excuse me, go back to uh, to New England and be, uh, you know, be a little assistant for the rest of your career because that's all you're going to be. Well, you, OK, so about the Patriots, they don't have any wide receivers like zero, like none. Jacoby Myers. He's a, he's a four string receiver, probably no, for another team. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like Cam can try. But they don't have anybody that can catch the ball. That's like quality, I guess. But I mean, to be fair, and this is always the the argument was, I mean, they've they've never really had any big time wide receivers, right? Other than Edelman, but that shows how good Brady is. That's the thing, right? Like, exactly. Newton's not Tom Brady, so this like Brady was able to mask roster issues on the wide receiver position that no other quarterbacks are able to do. Yeah, so, no, and Nikhil Harry looks like he's not going to be working out to what they thought he was going to be, so. They're going to have to go back to the drawing board there. I think they need to try to find their way back into the top 10, see if they can get a guy like Jamar Chase or some of these other big-time wide receivers coming out this year because they they need somebody. They need some help. Yeah, they got nothing. And that was the whole thing about the Patriots this year. It's like I thought, how are the, if Brady looked like that with these guys, you take him off the roster and you bring in Cam, how is he going to look like with, with like nobody out there? That's raising eyebrows. And, I mean, it has hurt that Edelman's been out, but, I mean, they're just – I thought for sure they were going to beat Houston. I thought Houston was a pretty fed team. But I guess, I mean, look, you shouldn't count out Watson, I guess. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was uh, all in all a good weekend uh, in the NFL. All right, to college. What would you say the big game? Oh, Ohio State, was, I, Indiana, that was probably the big game of the weekend. Ohio State was up 35 to 7 and then kind of just, I think, got complacent, complacent. I don't know. They, 142-35. Offense looked a little sluggish in the early on, but then found its stride in the middle of the game. And then the fourth quarter just looked didn't complete a fourth down. Just looked, I don't know, just looked not great. Um, but they win. Indiana's pretty good, I think. The Indiana offense is really good. The Ohio State defensive, especially the secondary, is definitely uh I think all of the guys that have gone to the NFL is catching up this year. Because they have guys that are like Sean Wade is supposed to be a first round guy, but he is definitely struggling big time. They just don't have that elite pass rusher so far. Like they have the quarterbacks to win a national title, but I don't think they have the other pieces on the defensive side to win, like the stud corner that they normally have, or the Chase Young or Bosa's that they have in the past. That that will probably come next year. Yeah, you would know better than I would there on that Ohio State game. I think that was a good breakdown there. I think the biggest thing we're talking about fired head coaches, I mean, Harbaugh, woof. <laughs> I mean, you go toe-to-toe with Rutgers and got to beat them in three overtimes. That's <laughs> that's a tough look there, bud. That game, I watched pretty much the whole game. I was fast. I, that was one of the games I was, like, excited about this week to watch, which is crazy because I was like, I just want to see Michigan and Rutgers how this goes. That quarterback Milton, who they have, he should have Harbaugh should have been fired for playing him. Um, uh, Harbaugh should have been fired for playing him for Over the first the, half. That guy is yeah. terrible. He is so bad. And then they brought in this McNamara dude, um, and he turned out to be pretty good. And he led him on the comeback, and they had the lead. And then if it wasn't for the defense blowing it, they would have uh, they would have blown it late when Rutgers scored a touchdown. And then a two-point conversion is sending it in overtime. But then Harbaugh should have got fired again. He should have been fired twice in this game. Then he should have been fired in the first uh, in the first overtime when he pretty much just gave up or whatever and kicked a field goal, and the kid missed it. Um, and then Shiano just played for the field goal, thought his kid was going to make it, and then he missed it in the first overtime. And then they both scored touchdowns in the second overtime. And they go to the third overtime and they're able to get a stop on fourth down. I mean, Shiano was close to, or not Shiano, Harbaugh was close to getting left on the Newark uh, runway. He was about to get the Kiffin treatment twice on Saturday. But yeah, he is a bad, it, that, that was a bad, the Michigan's just a bad team. It's just a bad, it's just a bad uh, college football team. And Rutgers is playing with some, 
some heart under Shiano and they're believing in what he is and uh, what he is saying so far over there. So that wasn't really a surprise. The other one, I guess, in the Big Ten, we had some ranked matchups. Northwestern handled Wisconsin. Graham Mertz was not very good for Wisconsin. Uh, they only put up seven points there. Uh, so Northwestern now is the leader in the West to play Ohio State in the, um, the Big Ten championship game. The only other ranked matchup of the weekend was going to be, or was, Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And uh, OU won pretty thoroughly. They continued 41-13. So they continue their dominance over Oklahoma State. And they're now kind of setting themselves up for uh, for a chance to play in the Big 12 championship game. Oh, Iowa State actually in the Big 12. They are uh, – Iowa State in the Big 12 is, is actually – controls their own destiny as they say to win they play texas this weekend um uh and then they have west virginia so if iowa state runs the table they'll be in the conference championship game against oklahoma um but yeah just i just i don't know i just thought it was a there were some good games you know the the game that i'm really disappointed in i i thought the liberty nc state over was like the lock of all locks and uh they scored uh, 29 points. Yeah, I think a lot of that had to do with NC State and had their backup quarterback in. Uh, yeah. But you'd still expect Liberty to put up some points. But yeah, I was I was on that game. You know, obviously the picks with Liberty plus three and a half, and then I actually bet them on the money line. I thought they were going to win, no problem. They freaking have that field goal blocked last second, which which really stung. Um, Georgia going toe to toe with Mississippi State there for a while. I thought it was wild. Well, Mississippi State had a chance to win. I know, I know. I we uh, Jamie and I uh, hit up the old pluckers, and we were sitting there watching the game. I was like, "Bro, Mississippi State's gonna freaking win this game," and uh, so uh, yeah, that was that was shocking. And there was one other game I wanted to mention uh, while I was looking. I've been you mentioned Iowa State. I thought Kansas State was was much much better than they actually are now. I don't know. Well, what they had a lot of Rona issues. Oh, did they? They had twenty four guys out, I think, with the Rones. Yeah, that's tough. That is tough. But looking at the standings in the college football playoff, I think BYU is out of the contention for for making the playoff just because looking at their uh, their schedule coming up, they have a couple cupcakes uh, with uh, or it's just one. They have San Diego State. They really haven't beat anybody, you know, that's that you would consider top tier team. But uh, some of the projections I've seen have Cincinnati sitting at five. And I just think that's wild. I don't think you can have Cincinnati sitting at five when you have teams like Florida and A&M behind them, who each only have one loss, who A&M beat Florida. And uh, Florida had a couple, you know, has had quite a few good wins as well. So looking forward, I mean, they're, shoot, there could be three SEC teams in this in this college football playoff, uh, you know, depending on what happens. I think if, if Notre Dame beats Clemson again, you know, there's something wild could happen like that. Uh, it's it's just it you know this this I think is is building for something crazy that can happen when it comes out to the to the uh, the rankings being released this Tuesday. Yeah, but I think Oregon, like if they go undefeated, they might be able to sneak in there. I don't know. Maybe. Um. Well, did you hear the thing about BYU yesterday in Washington? Yeah, they they declined uh, an invitation to go play Washington. Yes, but there's also some backstory on it. So Arizona State still has the Corona outbreak, correct? Yes. So they're saying as if if so. I mean, that's what Arizona State does best is spreading diseases. So. <laughs> so what BYU is saying is that if they're afraid of they schedule Washington this week, that if Arizona State Utah gets canceled because they haven't controlled their their outbreak, then the packed bubble say Washington, you're playing Utah because both don't have a game. Yeah. So BYU doesn't want to say, all right, we're going to wait to figure that out. And then they're not, they're going to schedule them and they might not know till Thursday or whatever, if they're going to play. So it is a tough look for BYU when, after they tweet it out, will anybody, anytime, anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Then it comes out that they decline, they decline to play Washington, but there is some like backstory or whatever to that. Right. Um, but there is also the potential for on December 19th, Cincinnati and or I think December 3rd. That BYU and Cincinnati could play each other if they schedule each other because they both have open weeks. Yeah. 
And if you want to make a playoff case, I think that's the thing for the group of five. Let's just play those two. Um, Separate the bunch there uh, on that. But this week, there's some... uh, I think there's some good... You got the Iron Bowl. It's interesting. Like Some teams are doing the rivalries or whatever, and then some aren't. Like I still feel like Ohio State and Michigan should be playing this week, but I mean, sign me up for Penn State at Michigan. I'm I'm ex- I'm all in on that game. That's gonna yeah, it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, I mean, right at this point, I think I'm taking Penn State. Actually, I don't know. Now that Michigan has, no. I'm, I'm assuming Michigan's got to be back to this to their quarterback that uh, that came in and, and played so well, uh, McNamara. Yeah. But uh, so I I assume that he should he should probably right the ship a little bit and at least get them another win here against Penn State. Penn State hasn't scored more than seven points in the first half all year. All year, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But like Friday is probably the best. You got Iowa State, Texas, Notre Dame, North Carolina. That's a good one. Um, and of course, the the uh, the big game of the week is Kent State at Buffalo in the MAC, uh, number ten in the People's Top Ten. Um, and that line opened up. Kent Kent State's getting ten and a, uh, ten points. So. Picks for Thursday. You can already see where one's going. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, how do you not? Um, so uh, it still breaks my heart that that we have uh, we don't have any action this week. I feel like we should get a Tuesday game. Wednesday. Absolutely. I'll I'll give you a pass on Wednesday, but I feel like Tuesday we should get something uh, going for sure. Oh, in college, uh, what are your thoughts on the Clemson thing? The situation there. Um, which With is the Florida what? State game getting canceled, and for Florida State's was they thought they had a player, or they could have had a player with symptoms or something, so they canceled it for coronavirus. And then like Nikki Haley, the former governor, was like, so then so they thought they had a player with Corona. Clemson was willing to play on Sunday or Monday. Florida State said no, we'll just we're not we'll just cancel we're canceling the game. Then South. Nikki Haley was like, oh, Florida State, you're cowards for not playing or whatever the next day. Dabo then eviscerated Florida State for not wanting to play him even after the coronavirus. Like, how are we not going to play them? Like, we could have waited a day or anything like that. And they're just all butthurt that Florida State pretty much opted out under the coronavirus as not wanting to play. And look, I don't blame Florida State for not wanting to play. They're going to get drilled. So Clemson just needs to deal with it. Yeah, 1,000%. I, yeah, I, I, I'm on board there as well. Um, I don't know if Dabo just wanted the opportunity to flex his muscles a little bit against 100%. Florida State, and you know, just put a good old thumping on them to kind of put an exclamation point and and uh, you know, on this. I'm not not like beating uh, Florida State is going to be a, a big deal. Like I said, they're I mean, they're 35 point favorites. So yes. what do you what do you know what do you want here? But uh, yeah, no, I can't fault them for not wanting to play. What's what's the point? There's not no good can come of it. You know, especially with with uh, Trevor Lawrence coming back. Um, things like that. It's just, yeah, no, no reason to. Yeah. So they, so they're all bought hurt that they couldn't play this week. And they're like, there's, there's other reasons other than coronavirus that, uh, that, uh, Florida state didn't want to play. Yeah. Cause they didn't want to get smoked. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like if you were on Florida state, you probably wouldn't want to play too. Right. Like got the guy some, my God. Um, let's think about the kids for one stab. Oh, geez. Yeah. Jeez, it's not your kids. It's about other kids, too. Um, but, yeah, all right. Anything else in college? No, that was it. That's all I got. A decent. I thought it was a decent weekend in uh, in college football. Um, like yeah. I said, you know, a few games. I think things are starting to heat up a little bit. The colder the weather is getting, the closer we start getting to, uh, you know, especially after this Tuesday, we'll see where, where teams are ranked. That'll really uh, that'll really get things going, I think, for, for the end of the season. This December in college football is going to be weird because there's going to be games going the whole like it's going to be a full slate on Saturdays until the 19th when the conference yeah. championship. Game. It's going to be a weird. It's weird. No, um, I agree. And so <clears throat> I was looking at that because the Tennessee A&M game got rescheduled for December 12th, but it doesn't look like the game for this week is going to be able to get rescheduled. So I don't know how they how they plan on, you know, if, if certain teams have played all their games or what. Uh, I think I A&M think- could play the 19th. Oh, because they're not going to be in the championship. You would think they're not, right? Right. That's, yeah, yeah. They're. You don't think Alabama's not going to lose? And even Correct. if they would lose, Alabama would have the the tiebreaker. The, the tiebreaker. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they could say they could play until um until December nineteenth. 
I mean, it's going to be a full slate the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there's also so Alabama has to play LSU, but LSU has to play Florida too. So they're trying to figure out how to maneuver games that have been canceled so they could get a team with, that has all those wins. And it, I, it's very confusing. Yeah. Roster gymnastics or uh, scheduling gymnastics are out there. All right. The NBA. What did you think of the Mavs trade on Friday night? Um, I mean, Getting I, James I, Johnson sending out Justin Jackson. And yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's pick. the biggest thing is, is losing Justin Jackson, you know, young guy who showed some promise, but uh, you know, you're bringing in uh, a guy in James Johnson that can help out with rotation quite a bit more. And I think at a, at, you know, they're, and they're, they're, they're obviously going all in on defense this off season. It's really 100%. been their main focus. That's been their main focus. And, and rightfully so we talked about on Thursday, you know, they're the top ranked offense in the NBA and one of the bottom five in defense efficiency. So, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously making the move there. Uh, they bring back Willie Cauley Stein to help with, uh, you know, help at that center spot with, uh, uh, Porzingis being out or even when Porzingis is in, put him to the four and move Cauley Stein to the five. If Dwight Powell doesn't happen to be on the floor at that time. So, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Uh, like I said, they're they're they obviously had a plan going into this offseason. It looks like they're executing that plan. I don't know if it was to this level if they're looking a little bigger than what they've gotten so far. But uh, yeah, no, like I said, Justin Jackson looked like he's going to be a good young guy, good young player. But uh, they're obviously in win now mode because they see the the option there, and so that's what they're going for. And like I said, it's I I, I can't fault them for it. Uh, yeah, they're definitely trying to get bigger. They're definitely adding more size than I think last year. One of the criticisms was they were kind of a smaller team and they've definitely added more size with what they've done so far with Josh Richardson and James Johnson um, in there. But so I don't I don't hate uh, I, I like what they've done so far and they're getting more veteran presence, I would say. Would you say they were a young team last year? Yes. Youngish. So they're getting more veterans. Um. So I like I like what they've done so far. Um, Luca's the favorite. I looked saw some early MVP right. He's like the favorite for the MVP, at like plus three fifty. Yeah, which I uh, I'm not really surprised about, but I guess maybe I'm surprised it's so uh, um, such short odds, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all right. Anything else before we wrap up here? Shout out Kelly Oubre going to. The- Golden State, glad to yeah. see he yeah. went somewhere well. Did you see the test? Oh, and the, and, the, and, and the bringing in Jay Crowder real quick. Obviously, I've talked about Jay Crowder for a yeah. long time now, so I love that movie. Now, now they add that piece. They added <laughs> Dario Sarge uh, either last night or early this morning. They bring him back. And so after that, I'm cool with the Chris Paul trade because it looks like. <laughs> for, no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. You add those pieces in, and now you get some veteran presence. Now you get some physicality with Jay Crowder. You get a 3 and D guy, like a true 3 and D guy with Jay Crowder. And uh, I, I love that move. And so, uh, and then bringing Sarge back, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good season in, in Phoenix. And I think, I think that five, six spot is now what we're looking at. Not the, not the seven, eight, like I, like I previously said on Thursday. So uh, I, I'm, I'm in on the Chris Paul trade now. Okay. Um, did you see the tax bill that Golden State is having to pay for bringing in Kelly Oubre? No, I did not. He is costing them. Let me find the exact tweet by Bobby Marks. But he is costing them, I think, $80 million in the luxury tax Oof. just for him. Um, God, Bobby Marks is tweeting a lot. I'm going to have to go way. That deal was one Friday. Uh, yes, I believe so. Friday or Saturday. Um, $68 million in luxury tax. Okay. Oh, wait, but no. It's so it's, is salary is 14.4, 68 million in luxury tax. So $82.4 million total. Okay. That's what it was. Yes. And it he sets up their tax bill to be like $180 million. Um, I think, uh, so he is, I mean, they are spending a ton of money. That is an insane thing to look at yeah that is, is wild that he's an 80 million dollar player pretty much what's he making on his contract he's not making that much on his deal you said 12 million 14 14 14 um but yeah that's a pretty crazy thing and uh gordon hayward where are the like who is have you ever heard of christian wood before no uh actually yes i actually did a news report on him today i believe he is a uh former SMU guy um and he played for um 
He was with New York, I think. Right, but before that, if it's the same guy I'm thinking of, uh, maybe it's not because the the Rockets brought in a couple guys this week. Um, no, yeah, it's not Christian Wood. So they brought in another guy who played for one of the Rockets' assistants down in Australia. Um, that was the guy from SMU, Christian Wood. Yeah, I've never heard of him before. Uh, he's a guy out of UNLV. Uh, he's 25 years old, but yeah, he's three years, 41 million. And yeah, who is that guy? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. I don't. I don't. It's it's one of those things of like we don't have anybody to really spend money on, so we'll just give a big contract to a guy to make it look like we're trying to you know spend a lot of money this off season. Yeah, I no. I just was like, what the hell? Who is this guy? Who is never heard of him? Um, I think the I think the the move of the off season though was the Cavs trading for Javale McGee. Yeah, that's what. Well, yeah, what what is going on there? I mean, that, that who who do they move for him? Because I think it's a tax dump, right? They're I mean, a, a salary dump, right? They're not gonna they're not gonna keep Javale around. They traded uh, Jordan Bell and Alonzo McKinney for uh, Javale McGee in a 2026 second round pick. That's wild. They aren't doing it. Look, the Cavs are gonna be bad. I was disappointed they lost. They were looking for a backup center, I guess. So he's that, and then he's uh, on an expiring deal, so they could trade him at the deadline. They offered. They didn't get Tristan back because they lowballed him on an offer, and the Celtics got him. Which, if there was one team, the Tristan could have gone to is like anybody but the Celtics, because um, he's going to be perfect for them. But the Jail Javale McGee experience, I'm I'm ready to laugh at that. I could yeah. say, and that I mean Tristan Thompson. I mean, come on, guy. They they way overpaid for you, so of course they're going to lowball you here. I mean, you know, give and, give and take a little bit, right? <laughs> well, I didn't think they didn't overpay him. They he, the Cavs don't want a title without Tristan. That's the whole thing. You got to pay your guys and you're going to overpay your guy. Well, I guess you overpay your guys or whatever. The whole thing, too, is he's got what he's got. Rich Paul as an agent. If you if you have Rich Paul, you're not taking agent, a discount for anything. If you Yeah. Well, if you have Rich Paul as an agent and LeBron is on the team you're on, you are getting overpaid. Yeah, because KCP shouldn't be making whatever he got. Um, oh, is Rich Paul his agent, too? Cliff Paul or Rich uh, Rich Paul is his agent. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you're a clutch client and you play with LeBron, you are getting the bag big time. Um, but yeah, all right. I think that's going to wrap it up here for us on this Monday. Long show as, today. Huh? Long show today. Yeah, yeah long show. Look at the picks on uh, Wednesday and take a look at the football. We, I mean, we got four days of football already, full days of football. Uh, ready to go for this week. So thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you guys 